You're listening to Doula Stories, a podcast where we use storytelling to encourage, inform, and love on doulas. Each episode, we'll hear a story about what happens in the birth room from the doula's perspective. I'm Kelia, she, they. And I'm Ajira, she, they. And we're so glad you could join us for today's story. Welcome to the season finale. I cannot believe that we've done a whole season. It's been amazing. I'm just breathing that in. A whole season. (sighs) My name is Ajira. And I'm so glad to be doing this with you, Kelia. I'm so glad I got to do this with you too. I'm so glad you said yes. (laughs) I'm so glad you asked me. Like a newlywed couple. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an amazing first year. Yes. We're still in the honeymoon phase. Loving married life. Loving, Loving it. it. It's such a gift. <laughs> so with the season finale, what what is what do we mean by season finale? Well, I mean, I think we mean that we have found a natural um just that this series has reached like a nice completion and I'm feeling very satisfied with what we've done and mm. And I think that giving it some space to marinate, but also some space to kind of um, pull together things from the next season. And I'm also looking forward to having like a little more of like a a collection, you know, mm-hmm. um, before we get started on season two. Mm-hmm. And it's my hope that, you know, the folks who are listening will be inspired to to consider sharing their stories with us because Mm. it's really powerful. Um, This idea of yours, Kelia, has been really powerful to hear about that birthing room from the perspective of people who are there to hold space and to witness. Um, And especially to hear from BIQTPOC about that experience of holding space. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said marinade too. It's like the South African in you getting ready for the barbecue. What That's do y'all call right. it? A bride. The bride. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know when we first started off doing this, we hadn't wanted to make it about ourselves at all. This wasn't about trying to share the specific work that you and I do promoting our workshops or our trainings. Cause Ajir and I both do a lot of trainings for newer birth workers. Um, It was just trying to create a resource that would be helpful to other folks. Um, But we wanted to share a little bit in this episode just about what we've been up to, you know, some of why we feel like this is a good time to press pause before season two. And uh, what the other things we wanted to share this episode are some bloopers that we've been saving up the entire season. I don't think you know this, Ajira, but I have been saving all the bloopers. (laughs) So we'll we'll add in some of that. Um, And we know that there are so many other incredible resources, podcasts specifically by BIPOC folks, by LGBTQ BIPOC birth workers. So I want to tell you about those so that you can be listening to other amazing voices, um, sharing things that we don't, you know, that we don't know that we're trying to learn alongside everyone. Mm -hmm. So Ajira, what's been going on for you lately? Ah, you know, I was laughing at myself. I I laugh at myself so much and I'm so, I'm so grateful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that a few years ago I decided that, um, I was going to stop worrying about other people and really just aim to only amuse myself because the freedom that I've gained, uh, in my own, 
uh, laughter and just in the spaciousness to laugh at myself has been really delightful. And um, so one of the things I was laughing at myself about is how often I ask, do you ever have this? Like I ask the universe for something and then the universe gives it to me and I'm like, I didn't mean it like this. So I decided last year that I was going to, because every year I give myself a, a, a thing to work on. And last year I was learning how to fail fast. That was my goal, to learn how to fail fast, because I noticed that um, I, ha- I have a real hang up about success. You know, mm-hmm. I know most people are scared or most many people are scared to fail. I've always been scared to succeed, that it would not look the way that other people envisioned or that it would be, uh, I don't know, whatever nonsensical reasons my ego was making up about it. So um, I've always had like a lot of trepidation about it. And then um, I was like, no, I'm going to fail. So I would linger in that, in that place of like, you know, is this working? Is this not working? I'd be like trying to resuscitate the dummy, you know, like Mm -hmm. one more time. And, um, and so failing fast was was really intense and i definitely haven't mastered it but i'm working on it this year my goal is mastering self-love and that's been also terrifying but also really rewarding and um you know i think it's a worthwhile endeavor and i've been so inspired like right now i'm working on like six courses uh some of them people have heard me talk about for a while and um I've just been, you know, scared to scared to succeed. We well, yeah, so haven't about them. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you about two that I'm really excited about, but I haven't talked about them here. So two that I'm really excited about that are coming that I'm going to be uh, sharing soon are um, getting started as a birth worker. That's one that I've been like I've been holding for a, a while, and I know that's one that people ask me about all the time. And it's it's I, I just see how it fills the gap that um, that a lot of newer birth workers kind of contend with. Um, you mean the gap between I've attended a training or I've had all this experience. I'm ready to do this more full time or more mm-hmm. professionally, whatever that word means. Mm-hmm. And even though I've taken the business prep class, I still don't really know what the next thing is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's such a gap, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I'm really proud of the way that it's come together because I think it's been very informed by what I've seen people struggling with and what I've found effective when I've offered guidance or mentorship or like really seen in real life what has worked and what hasn't worked in supporting folks to create a business or an enterprise or a practice that was really reflective of their values and their desires in terms of like the way that they wanted to to live this work because like I always say um (laughs) sounds so corny um because I really think that birth work is life work, that it's not something that can be uh, separated mm-hmm. from your life, especially for BIQTPOC, I think, who tend to want to support folks whose lived experience they reflect, but also who tend to have more than like, this is not like a cute business idea or like a, I like holding babies, so I think I'll do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In my experience, people tend to talk about it like it's a calling, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm very passionate about 
supporting people to um, pursue this idea in whatever way they see fit. So for some people, you know, hashtag billionaire birth worker. Um, <laughs> and for others, it's more of a like, you know, this is for the people and I'm not charging anyone and da, 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 da. And like the through thread for me, regardless of how you choose to do it or why you choose to do it, is that I really want it to be something that nourishes and supports you as much as it nourishes and supports the people that you are offering your services mm. to. So I'm very excited and passionate about that. Mm. And then the other thing I've created is um, a self-love mastery uh, workshop that is yeah, really- about this. I thought you were gonna talk mm. about your work with RLBC. Please bring up Roots of Labor also. I am, I'm definitely gonna be talking about RLBC, but yeah, no, this, this other of course, um, yeah, it was born out of um, out of heartbreak and it, you know out of heartbreak and grief. And one of the big costs of colonization that's un that's not often in my experience talked about or recognized is how much learning we've lost around how to cope with or live with those big feelings. And yeah, I think self love is a good practice to get into, and I think it's very. It can be very transformational and pivotal for both birth workers and the people they support, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and like everybody could use a little more. <laughs> yes. It's yes. basically my conclusion. So I, mean, just, I really go just ahead through friendship with you. Just proximity to you has made me so much better at that. I'm really excited to see what that offering becomes because <laughs> you just live that principle. You live it so powerfully, whether mm -hmm. you're intentional about that or not. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I, I work on it because children don't do what they're told. They do what you do. Mm. <laughs> and I can't bear the thought of my children saying some of the things I've said to myself or to themselves, you know, mm. or thinking about themselves in some of the ways that I've been conditioned to think about myself. But also I know that I deserve better. My child self deserves better, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm so yeah, I'm working on it. And then RLBC, of course, is uh, Roots of Labor Birth Collective is, uh, I don't even know. It's, I don't even know. Where, it's in Oakland. It's in Oakland. We have, or I'm, I'm also part of Roots of Labor. We have virtual yes. events. So no matter where you live, you can be a part of this um, if you yes. are a BIPOC birth worker. But Yes, that might be a good start. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're a, a coalitionary uh, collective of BIQTPOC who believe that everyone deserves a doula. That was our hashtag for a long time, but um, everyone you know deserves support and care and advocacy in in whatever transition or transformation they're experiencing in their life, death or birth. And that we, you know, we deserve to have uh, the support from someone who reflects our lived experience, if that's what we desire. And we have, you know, various pieces in the community that we hold. We have Santa Rita Jail Service, for instance, where we have some of our collective members are actively supporting birthing people who are currently incarcerated. And we are really aiming to model that it's possible to create an enterprise that's aligned with your values. And for example, one of the big commitments that we made um, last year at the beginning of the pandemic that's been hugely transformational for us was we decided that we were no longer going to ask black and brown people to work for free. Mm. And that may not sound like a big thing, but it was a really big thing because we had been stuck 
in the cycle of like, you know, volunteerism, this idea that like, well, the work needs to be done and we got to do it for our people. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. And not really examining the cost to our, our membership, you know, mm -hmm. to ourselves and each other. And we just decided that we deserve better. So it's been really exciting to work on this idea and to really think about, okay, like how, so how can we make this something that supports our community in the way that it needs, but not at the cost of our own well-being? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're just centering our own thriving or as, as Sumaya Franklin says, you know, we're centering black vitality essentially. Mm. So <sighs> Super full, super excited, uh, still very much in the in the birth working field because birth work is life work mm -hmm. and still aiming for that billionaire birth worker lifestyle, <laughs> the lifestyle to which I'd like to become accustomed. Um, and no, I will not be trying to support people birthing in space. <laughs> oh, you'd be such a good rich person. <laughs> I'm just telling the universe, Ajira would be a great rich person. Oh, I swear I asked, I asked my children, I asked, do you think that money will corrupt me? That if I become a billionaire birth worker, I'll turn into like, you know, a person who doesn't Never. care about other people. Never. And my oldest, who's 12, was like, I mean, you need to watch out because absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I was oh so God. proud. I, I was love like, your kids. I was like, yes, baby, that's right. And then my younger one was like, no, never. And I was like, oh. Everybody needs someone who believes in them the way my five-year-old believes in me. Uh, I love them so much. What about you? What are you up to? I mean, I know, but tell us more. I have been learning a lot. I've been taking a lot of different courses to have more offerings for postpartum families. That's the direction my heart has been leaning in for the last couple of years. And then after having my own child, uh, I'm doing a shimmy here listening to you. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love taking care of new families. And lately it's been a lot of learning about lactation, becoming a lactation counselor, possibly on, on route to becoming an IBCLC, which stands for internationally board certified lactation consultant, which is like the full blown, like I could take clients through insurance. Like I could work at different places. It would be a very different lifestyle probably. But for now, I'm, I'm just getting back into providing postpartum support to families and I'm so excited about it. And the other thing that I've been going through is uh, my partner and I had a miscarriage recently and I wanted to bring it up here because, I mean, it it is the first, it feels like the first real heartbreak mm -hmm. I've ever experienced. Um, I've definitely had loss in the past, but going through this together with my partner has been, uh, that's what I've been doing the last few weeks has been grieving with them, grieving with my kiddo who's, you know, one and a half, but, uh, when they see me <laughs> crying, they, they offer me snuggles. And mm. that's mostly what I've been up to is just getting a lot of snuggles, giving a lot of snuggles. Um, and I just know that this is a really common experience. I know a lot of people experience pregnancy loss and there's an infinite range of how one can feel about it. And this is what mine looks like. 
Um, for anyone else who's been through this, I just sending much love to you. Hmm. So that's been part of my journey. I am so lucky to get to go through it with the support that I have around me. I mean, Ajira is one of uh, two of my closest friends who immediately, once they heard the news, I had incredible ice cream <laughs> showing up on my doorstep, which is just speaking the language of my heart. I had the best miscarriage ice cream ever. And just the constant support, the checking in. And I, I'm just so loved. I'm so held. So I really am just sharing this, um, not to ask for support, but just to to talk about this more because I know it happens. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing that uh, has been on my mind a lot recently is just diving into science fiction. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot of Afrofuturism. Yes. Afrofuturism is just maybe one of the most radical, brilliant things to exist. I am just endlessly inspired and like, I don't know the right word, gobsmacked. I've never said that in my life. I it's love that word. It is one of the best words that exists. I am gobsmacked by these people. Um, so if any of y'all are into Afrofuturism and you want to talk about about N.K. Jemison or Octavia Butler specifically, or who I've been reading lately, so into it. Um, yeah. Oh, and I have been I've been exploring all these other podcasts that are incredible that I have been wanting to recommend hold here. Up, hold up, hold up, hold up, one second. You can't okay, just skip okay, okay. over what which books were you reading, Kilia? Oh, I'm sorry. I just finished the Broken Earth series. Oh my god, um, it's so I good. have been so so good. So I've never read a series where there are so many slow reveals like that. Mm. Where the the relationship between a parent and a child is just that's the focus. That's the the hate and the love and the everything is just bound up in these characters who are so complex and oh hats off to NK Jemison forever. Um and then Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents. And I, I also read uh this isn't Afrofuturism, but um The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin, also excellent and does a lot of cool things with gender and how society raises the next generation and sexuality. All of it is just, it's so good. It's so good. Have you read that one? I haven't read, no, I haven't read that one. I'm going to, I'm going to have to look it up, oh. but um, I wanted to ask you about the parable of the sower. Did you notice that there was a certain character who uh, had a slogan that might've seemed familiar? <laughs> Oh, oh, if anybody make America says, great again, if anybody, <laughs> yep. If anybody's like, oh, Orwell's the one who knew everything that was going to happen in the future or whatever other <laughs> sci-fi author, dude, they are wrong. It no. was hands down Octavia Butler. Completely. She called all this shit and it is inspiring Absolutely. to read. It's, I got to stop using that word, but it's just so true. It's just, she nails it. And pushes, I, I find she's it just devastating. pushing me. I love it. <laughs> Oh yeah, completely first, devastating. But that's what I want. I want my the, books to devastate me. It feels good to me. <laughs> to devastate me. The minute that the pandemic yes. started, I opened my Bible and my Bible is the parable of the sower because I knew that I would have very clear instructions about how to handle what was coming. 
And I started immediately looking for like where I was going to bury my stuff. And I actually decided in a couple different places, <laughs> my go bags. <laughs> And I remember some of my friends being like, Ajira. And I was like, listen, y'all, everybody is in every single potential dystopian future. Everybody's always like, no, it's not going to be that bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, there's no harm in burying a couple things and just, you know, just in case. And if they just stay buried and get found oddly by some future society, that's fine. And now we all know that you have stuff buried. We're going to come and dig up your your gold and your seeds and whatever it is that you have tucked away, your emergency flashlights. Well, good luck finding them. That's what I say. I chose some good spots. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right. And I think an aspect like, okay, I guess I should just confess um, that I have the secret dream of uh, creating like a book club podcast with Kelia. <laughs> Yeah, because Ajira, you're really not doing enough podcasts. I really am not. Um, but Ajira hosts another one in case people don't know that. We don't talk about it here because I'm jealous. That's right. I we mean, don't, we don't I host it. another only one that you know of, Kelia. Oh, my God. You have 10 names. For all you know. I could have 15 other ones. But um, I think one of the things that I really love about Afrofuturism is that in most science fiction, I grew up reading science fiction from when I was really like, you know, the other kids in my class were reading, um, what are they called? Sweet Valley Twins? Is that what, is that what it's called? Oh, oh, um, Sweet Valley High? Yes. Did you read that series? Roxanne Gay. No, I've, I've just read about Roxanne Gay reading about it. Oh, She writes about it a lot. Really? like her guilty pleasure. Oh yeah. my God. Roxanne Gay is the only called. person I get um, I get uh, Twitter notifications from because I love ah! whatever she's That's saying great. to whoever she's saying it to online. I want to hear it, and I love You're into it, the yeah. clapbacks are like my favorite. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> everyone else was reading Sweet Valley High, and I was reading all the science fiction I could get. I could get my hands on fantasy and science fiction, and uh, you know the vast majority of it was written by old white men. <clears throat> and the vast majority of it uh, never had people of color or black people in it, like let alone black women, you know? And if, mm-hmm. if there were any black characters, it was like, they were just fodder for the monsters, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think what I love about Afrofuturism and especially by the authors that you've mentioned so, so far and others is just not, not just the idea that we exist in that future, which in and of itself already feels revolutionary, right? That we're actually there, mm-hmm. but also that we could be, central or pivotal to you know the future or whatever and even even when that's true there's also still agency because it could be really easy to just make it like the same trope of hero right the like reluctant hero who's like oh god i don't want to save the world but all right Mm -hmm. fine i will or like Mm -hmm. oh i really this is all my dreams come true all i want to do is save the world I really appreciate how much uh, nuance there is to their experience and how often it's not even necessarily about that or if it is, it's incidental or it's part of a broader tapestry. It's not the whole story, you know? Mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Maybe we should start this book club podcast. (laughs) I knew I'd get her there. Stay tuned, (laughs) y'all. Okay, now am I allowed to give some podcast recommendations? Yes. Yes. Okay, so almost all of these are hosted by Black, Indigenous, and other people of color. Many of them are also queer. 
and these are all about birth mm. or birth work. Um, I have listened to all these. I know Jira's listened to some of them, so please chime in with what you love about these two. Mm. One of them is called The Black Doula Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's hosted by Sabia Wade. Um, and their blurb is they explore the link between the human body and topics such as birth, kink, masculinity, purity culture, and much, much more. You can find basically all of these on iTunes, Spotify, the normal places. Yeah. So that is one. It's just called the Black Doodle Podcast and everything I've listened to on it is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I will include all of this information in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in a place where you can write these down, don't worry about it. The next one is called Birthright, birth and then R-I-G-H-T as one word. And this is hosted by Kimberly Seals Allers, who's the same person who wrote The Big Letdown, uh, does a lot of uh, activism around Black folks and breast, chest feeding, body feeding. Um, so most people have heard of her through that book or through her journalism. But this podcast that just started coming out this year is all about joy and healing in Black birth. I have listened to almost every episode because I love it so much. It's it's hearing a birth story from many different perspectives. So it's very similar to doula stories. You'll hear the doula's perspective, and then you'll hear the birthing person share about what their experience was like in that moment. And then they also have interviews from the doctor or the nurse or the midwife. They'll have like five people interviewed and the stories are just beautiful. They're so uplifting. They're really intentional about not just getting mired in kind of the stats about what black birth can look like in the US. So that is just a absolute joy to listen to. Another one that I wanted to mention is Masculine Birth Ritual. You've heard this one, right, Ajira? Yeah. Wow. It's so good. It's important for people to listen to it because we've just been so conditioned to be so mired in, in such limited ideas about what things can look like. And I think it's really important to to just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Just listening to stories that are different than what we're used to. Listening to just hearing the reminder that men give birth, that it is possible to create a system that is accepting of all identities, that it's not just possible, but like we, we can make this happen right now. Um, and it's all through a very human mode there. It's just storytelling. It's the host, um, Grover Wayman Brown, is just interviewing other parents who are talking about their pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experiences. And it's really beautiful. Ajira, I'm going to need your help with introducing this next one because it's hosted by a good friend of ours, but Ajira is much better at saying their name. The podcast <laughs> is called Birth Bruja. That's spelled birth and then B-R-U-J-A. And who's the host, Ajira? <laughs> Ari Guajardo Johnson. Um, mm. We've been teasing Ari because uh, Zoom wants the Zoom closed captioning. Once captioned, uh, their name is Go Harder. So Ari Go Harder Johnson, which I don't think it's just Zoom. And I don't think it's only happened once. It's like a normal (laughs) closed captioning, you know, auto captions on like all the video platforms now. Yes, apparently uh, Guajardo can only be captioned as Go Harder. So Ari Guajardo Johnson. She rolls with it. She's dope. Uh, And Birth Bruja, you'll find just a mix of so many incredible interviews. Um, I think the line that's actually in the description of the podcast is that this is a place to explore intersectional, liberational, and decolonial approaches to birth work, healing, and life. I can't do a good enough job explaining just how wonderful this podcast is. You'll just have to check it out. Um, 
Birth Stories in Color is a podcast hosted by Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. And they just have parents who are people of color sharing their birth stories. It's also very personal and there's a huge range of birth stories. Mm. They include full spectrum birth work. So that one is also worth checking out. And then the last podcast that I wanted to mention is called Sisters in Loss. And I just discovered this recently. It's hosted by Erica McAfee. And it's all about uh, pregnancy loss. Mm. So their description says that this podcast spotlights faith-filled Black people who share their grief and loss stories and testimonies. Black people experience miscarriage and stillbirth four times more than white people. Whether you have experienced a miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, or trying to conceive or have infertility diagnosis, you will learn about resources and strategies to heal, gain clarity, peace, hope, and find an empowering path forward after loss. I will say that this podcast, again, it's called Sisters in Loss. Um, I am not religious, so some of the faith talk is a little bizarre for me to listen to, but I've still gotten so much out of hearing the guests share their stories in that one. Um, and again, just amazing to, to find another podcast hosted by a BIPOC host who's just incredible. Some of these podcasts do use gendered language just as an FYI. And if you have any recommendations for podcasts um, that don't or just that you feel would belong on this list, please let us know so we can spread the word. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just checked, Kelia, and every single one of these podcasts is on my list. Amazing. Um, like I subscribe to them. I'm just going to name. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Kelia is always like, have you heard this podcast? And then I'm like, no. Because um, I have a hard, I have a hard time making time to listen to podcasts. Yeah, the it's, only time, yeah, like one time, it's like my laundry activity. One time, I had this uh, commute that was like an hour long both ways for like a few weeks, and that was amazing for my me time. And I would mm -hmm. listen to podcasts on the way there and back, but I haven't totally. had a chance to do that in a while. But yeah, I mean, yeah. listening to you describe all of these with excitement in this collection has been like, oh, I'm going to stay up after the kids are asleep and just listen to podcasts. I mean, it's easy for me to feel overwhelmed the same way I feel when I hear about a bunch of books I want to read. Like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. never going to get through those. So why even bother listening to one if I'm not going to listen to all of them? <laughs> all of the ones that I've just listed do not have to be listened to in order. You can just pick one that speaks to you and listen to it when you get time. I often listen in 10 minute chunks because that's what my child allows me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like my laundry activity or if there's ever a commute. Um, and no worries, you know, this is not, it's not like a to-do list to <laughs> stay informed or, you know, to be learning. A lot of us are learning these same things that are being talked about in the podcast yeah. through just our day-to-day -day life. So. Yeah. These are just, if you want to listen to more podcasts that talk about things that are similar to what Ajir and I talk about here, these are a good place to start. And then this is not a podcast, but this is such a cool resource. It's called Romper's Doula Diaries. And you can find it on Facebook. And they have these really short movies that are just about doulas or birth workers supporting specific births. You're getting interviews with the parents beforehand, the birth worker beforehand, and then seeing how the actual birth plays out. And it is amazing. They have parents of all different backgrounds who are just, they have different visions for their birth. And then you actually get to see the birth and the doula supporting them. So Romper's Doula Diaries, again, we will share all of this in the show notes. Um, Jared, did you have any 
Instagram accounts that you really wanted to recommend that people follow uh, by like by pop yes yes for sure I mean I think the list that we've compiled for y'all is so amazing not only because each of these people does amazing work uh supporting uh BIPOC birth birth workers and birthing people but also um they are definitely aligned with the idea of like collaboration over competition or community over competition so mm -hmm. they are also great sources for finding other people who are doing this work um in various ways and avenues and places and all of that um Sumi's Touch <laughs> great one mm -hmm. amazing Sumaya is a traditional birth worker and also offers doula trainings for Black, Indigenous, and POC and um, was the first person in the Bay Area to offer in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, or my, as my nerdish self <laughs> says, in the San Francisco estuary area because it's not actually oh a bay. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but Sumi was the, the first. Estuary. Estuary area. But uh, Sumaya was the first person to offer, uh, you know, black indigenous and poc only uh doula trainings and um their trainings have grown and they have a really robust program with both online and in-person options um highly highly recommend and <laughs> for full disclosure i have been a ta in the research trainings for a few yeah. years now so oh, i always forget that. Yeah, yeah so i'm i'm in the you're gonna see my face in there if you get in there but um <laughs> Roots of Labor BC, I'm just going to shout ourselves out because we're um, getting better about sharing more resources, but also we're really responsive if you are looking for um, support, collective community, um, and follow us on IG and come to our doula circles and um, come build community with us no matter where you are. Yeah, doula circle once every other week mm -hmm. with other BIPOC birth workers, totally free, virtual, so you can join from wherever. Yeah. Yeah, it's always and great. it's a beautiful, it. beautiful space. And it's been such a pleasure to have that touch point through through the panorama, you know. Um, <laughs> I love that people have started calling the, the pandemic just any P word, the panini. Oh, that's what you meant. I was like, <laughs> I mean, maybe she's just being artistic. I'll let her I'll let her the go. pillory. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the P words. Um, it, it really amuses. It's kind of like my I uh, love calling my children my coworkers because it really amuses me to, to describe some of the things they do. But say like my coworker, you know, oh no, my coworker just bit my other coworker. <laughs> It just sounds outrageous and people my coworker is running around naked in the exactly back of and people are like again. girl you need to call ahr or something like <laughs> where do you work <laughs> my coworker is lying on the floor screaming um <laughs> my that's happened to me before i've worked in an office like that. oh no my coworker needs me to wipe their butt um <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to recommendations. Um, recommendations. Birth Bruja, we love their podcast mm -hmm. and their Instagram, so get on there. Mm -hmm. um, you recommend some, Kelia. I just started following BIPOC Aspiring Midwives. Mm -hmm. They're pretty cool. I also follow the Black Doula. Mm -hmm. um, Sabia is the same person. Yeah. Um, Queer Birth Worker. Oh, my God. Queer Birth Worker is uh, our friend, King Ya, who is sensational. Yes. And also, a lot of these, a lot of these people offer free educational resources on their Instagram. Yeah. So you can follow them, take advantage of that, and then if you have the ability, 
compensate them fairly for this incredible service that they're doing for all of us by educating us on these really important issues. Um, And King, for me, is at the top of that list. I've learned so much from that. Yeah. Dr. Midwife. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, They're a midwife who is just, I don't know, a firecracker. (laughs) I just love how, um, how unapologetic they are about the work that they're doing. And they're they're building the first birth center in Alabama, which has, I think, cool. the third worst outcomes for black birthing people and babies um, mm. and has some massive barriers for providing, you know, support to low risk people outside of the hospital, essentially. And, just, you know, for example, they are a CNM certified nurse midwife also has a a doctorate in nursing practice, and yet they cannot practice as a midwife outside of the hospital in Alabama because they need to have a different certification called a certified professional midwife, which they can't get in Alabama. So they're currently actually in Arizona right now uh, meeting their requirements in order to get a CPM uh, certification, which is outrageous for you to have like the worst the worst outcomes and also make it as hard as possible for support Mm -hmm. to be had is, Mm -hmm. is unconscionable. So um, they're amazing and they're creating so many different ways to support really addressing those issues from a personal as well as political or policy uh, level of disruption and dismantling and, yeah, I love them. They do they do this thing on Instagram on Sundays called Sunday Cervix. Have you been to one of those yet, Kelia? No, that's amazing. Oh, I love them oh. so much. They're so they're so so good. Um Sunday Cervix, I think it's at 4 p.m. I have a notification. So when my <laughs> when my when my Instagram tings on Sunday, I just, you know, run away from everyone so I can go listen and it's always good stuff. And you can support them, you know, by amplifying their posts and messages, but also by donating fiscally if that's something that's accessible to you. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I love to see it in action. Mm. Also, that that all sounds amazing. And also, I have a hard time with the word firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> because it just seems like one of those words that has been kind of designated for femme people yes i did that means like that, when like, i said oh, it i was like, was like strong and powerful yeah i was like that that's i i feel like that's not what a jeremy means. no it's like it's like what somebody says if i like stand up to somebody who cat calls me on the street and they're like oh firecracker oh Ooh, this one's got a little bit of zest i'm like fuck all of you so yeah i understand what you no, meant and also i don't definitely just rem- <laughs> yeah cross it out if you just heard me say it pretend it didn't happen i meant like cool. change maker or um mm. spark you know uh cool yeah i mean it's a great image it's so great it's a bummer that it has all this no it's a bummer and we should listen to the bumming bumminess of it all bumminess of it all yeah Ugh. Okay, I had one more recommendation that is an app. And this is not for y'all. It's more for your clients. Mm -hmm. It's called the Earth app. Birth without the B. They say they drop the B for bias. (laughs) And it is founded by the same host of the Birthright podcast, Kimberly Seals Allers. I'm telling you, she does everything. Um, This app is like a Yelp, but for providers, Mm -hmm. for care providers for birth. And it is specifically for BIPOC families. So the way that they describe it is... Uh, This is the only app where you can find prenatal, birthing, postpartum, and pediatric reviews of care, pediatric meaning for your kids, Mm -hmm. from other black and brown parents. 
It's the number one Yelp-like platform for the pregnancy and new parenthood journey made by and for people of color. So you can search doctor and hospital reviews from your community and see like, oh, is that doctor actually going to treat me well or not? Um, So you can tell your clients about this so they can see the real scoop on their care provider. And they can leave a review too. And they can leave a review. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this kind of thing only works if a lot of people leave reviews. So that's called the Earth app. And it's free. I downloaded it and it was cool just to like check it out and see how awesome it was. And it was very awesome. Yeah. Um, Did I forget anything? I think we covered it all. And I think that there are obviously like other people with amazing resources who are sharing them freely in so many different ways. There's lots of projects going on. Right. Like I know that like, sorry, I didn't mean to go. No, no, no. Go on. I I know that tonight you and I are going to be texting each other being like, oh, we forgot to mention this (laughs) thing and this other thing. And then, you know, if we had waited like a year, we still wouldn't have saved up all the incredible work. So it's it's just so... It's so wonderful to just sink into the awesomeness of all the resources that this community is creating. Yeah. And to just know that it's out there for you when you're ready. You don't have to be all on Instagram, all in all in all the podcasts and reading all the things, but when you're ready, if you want some of it, this is just a small sample of the amazingness that's out there. And we haven't even touched on like books or research oh my or God. Just lots and lots of, yeah. So um, I also wanted to say that, you know, if you have apps and podcasts and books and people on Instagram that you follow and adore or find helpful, please feel free to share them with us so that we can amplify those uh, spaces as well. Mm-hmm. You know, together, we know a lot. And it's always so helpful to have more resources to share with each other, and more folks to support and amplify in their work. So mm. yeah, and we want to support you. Yeah, like we want we would love to have you on the podcast. Yes. So even though we're taking a pause right now, write to us. There's a contact form on our website. DM us. Say, you know, this is who I am and I, this is the kind of story I'd like to share. Or you can just say, like, I'm interested in being a guest eventually. And then you can wait until you find the right client who consents to your story being shared. And we'll just we'll have you there on the back burner for the right time. We know the right time will come. Mm-hmm. Um, but really reach out to us because we would love to feature you. If you are a black indigenous or other person of color who's a birth worker, reach out to us. Yes. We would love to feature you you and and your story. And I'm still hoping that we'll be able to do a couple more episodes of the snippets because that was one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, we're we're definitely. That was so fun. I have so many ideas. Like what if we all just shared like foot in the mouth stories? (laughs) Like what are the times where you've been talking to your client and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. I'm going to roll with it. Or just time. I don't know. I, I know this would be harder, but like times when like the shit just hit the fan yeah. and ever it felt like everything went wrong and you're just there covered in fan shit <laughs> that those would be great stories too. yeah or like moments when you surprised yourself yeah. when you know you thought you were done and then you weren't and um what what that mm-hmm. looked like i mean i think like i've said like four thousand times in this episode alone birth work is life work and and mm-hmm. i think there's so much healing to be found and so much learning to be found in the process of showing up to support other people in a way that centers them and their experience and not your own, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful and honored to be, you know, doing this work, to be working with people who are following this calling, who are, you know, following this path to get to witness 
not only people who are having these experiences um, who we are supporting, but also supporting people who are learning how to support. And I am I am so, so grateful to get to call you my friend, and Kelia, and to get to do mm-hmm. this amazing project with you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Same. season one has been breathtaking and heart filling and belly achingly hilarious and mm. i'm super excited for season two same oh i love you so I much love you. and now here are a few bloopers from season one hi i'm a jerry or i'll make it really fast and like <laughs> Slow it down. <laughs> what is that saying? Well, Chris and I do this challenge where you have to make your voice sound like uh, the spinny thing from Wheel of Fortune. So you go, and it has to slow down to just one. So like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try again. I did it! Oh my god, that's so hard. <laughs> I know. I've, I've only done it like twice in my life, and that was one of them. Uh, yeah, I cannot. I'm going to have to practice. You got to ask your kids. They'll be into it. Vocal cry, vocal fry is my fave. Vocal cry. <laughs> vocal, vocal cry is my vocal cords are weeping. Ajira, we can talk about whatever you want. Poop, poop, poop. Poopity poop. Oh, wait, hold on. I think Yulia needs to tell Chris something. Shut up! Hold on. I think it's actually... <laughs> Shut up! No, hold on. I thought it was a piano. It's the ukulele. Uh, I low-key wish Kilia would have a moment of just being like, Oh my god, I'm fucking recording my podcast! I don't know what I would do if Kilia did that. I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? What? Who are you? <laughs> like, I'm not... I just, yes. <laughs> that would genuinely, I would be like, what just that happened? That so funny. I miss what y'all said, yes! but I just told Chris, shut <laughs> up, Ryan, shut up. Somebody turn that baby off. No, yep. everything's fine. It's sorry. one fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then coming right back on. Okay, Ari, a chance. <laughs> so you were so. saying. <laughs> No, oh, let me never my, be like that. That's my Zoom uh, mute unmute of every parent ever. <laughs> mm. I'm sure they're that like, has happened since COVID. I'm sure so people have had on the video. Oh, God. absolutely! I love it when they mute their voices, but the video is still on. So you can <laughs> see the spittle flying and their head shaking, and <laughs> you know they're yelling. Uh, and then they unmute and they're like, "Okay, so I think if we're, and, you know, we're talking to the third quarter, then." Um, and you're like, "What oh. the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> please put that's a weird thing to say in there. <laughs> I could do better. Um. Oh my god. <laughs> If anything from today's episode resonated with you, leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. And follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Doula Stories. If you're a doula and you have a story to share, email us at doulastories at gmail.com.
This episode was produced by me, Kelia Alder, and our music is by Rick Bassett. If you want to learn more about Ajira or myself or the work that we do, check out the show notes from this episode. Thanks also to Cameron Sharp and to my co-host, who is actually now as wise as a 580-year-old, Ajira Darch. <laughs>